0: Morning, Dave. Yeah, why not? Hope everybody's doing well. We are back to study First Samuel. <clears throat> Got some readings? Are they on the screen behind me? Anything up there? Oh, oh, we're not to the readings yet, are we? That's oh, I'm looking at the wrong screen. Where are we? We're in Choctaw. All right. Saul is having the kingdom taken from him back in chapter 13 when they were facing the Philistines. Saul failed to wait for Samuel. And it was at that point that Samuel told Saul, Your kingdom will not endure. You're not one who does what he's told. You're the king of Israel, but you are also subject to God, and you're not listening to God, not listening to his prophets, so his kingdom will not endure. That's chapter 13. And then in chapter 15, Saul failed to obey in punishing the Amalekites. And this is a long-standing punishment that God had decreed back in Exodus chapter 17. And he said, well, we, uh, we wanted to offer a sacrifice. And he was listening to the voice of the people at that point, and Samuel asked him the question, Does the Lord have as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? So obedience to God is brought forth here as a a primary tenet of following God. Obey. The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to your neighbor who's better than you. Woo, boy, that sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? Torn the kingdom from you, given it to your neighbor and he's better than you. Who was his neighbor? David. David. David's the one who would receive the kingdom. And at that point, at that point, he was not even yet anointed. And I don't, it's interesting when you, when you look at it, how this all plays out. Where are we here? Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death. I don't know if that sounds really sad to you, but it sounds sad to me because Samuel seemed to have a lot of emotional investment in Saul as the first king, and he, he was pretty upset about this whole thing, and God will ask him, why are you still grieving over Saul? Now get up and go do what I have told you to do, basically, is what he says. It's interesting in chapter 15 when, when that statement is made, the Lord's torn the kingdom from you. Samuel had not even yet anointed David. But he knew that he was looking, God was looking for someone who was a man after his own heart. Now we're reading this as history. It is history. But I hope we're learning the lessons along the way. Who is God still looking for? He's still looking for people who are after his own heart. He's looking for you. He's looking for me. This isn't just about the one man who was chosen to be King Saul and then the next man who was chosen to be King David. This is about God and every single human being. He's looking for our hearts all the time. And we're talking about the kingdom of Israel but the kingdom of God has been established, and the king is Christ, of course, and He wants to bring us into His kingdom, and that's where He wants to keep us. And so we're we're seeing all kinds of spiritual truths here as this piece of history plays out. All right, let's go to do some reading and get started in chapter sixteen. Anybody got any questions? All right, Steve.
1: Thank you. Quickly look at three verses in 15. Okay, let's do good. What are they? 15 11. Uh, I regret that I have made Saul king, for he has turned back and followed me and has not performed my commandment. I, I regret. And then, verse 29. And also the glory of Israel will not lie or have regret, for he is not a man that he should regret. Verse 35. And Samuel did not see Saul until the day of the death But Samuel grieved over Saul, and the Lord regretted that he Saul. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a fun thing you did do, didn't
0: it? I don't know exactly how all this together. Here's how I see it. And of course, I'm not, I I don't think I need to tell you this, but just to make the point for the, for the statement, I'm not God. Everybody clear on that? Okay. I think we're clear on that one. And you're not God too, by the way, that's not a criticism, just a statement of fact. When we make a decision, we make a decision based on the best information we have at the time and the circumstances. And so we make that decision and we think at the time, that's the best decision I can make. And then as things play out and you see how things are going to go that that we as humans would not have foreseen, then we can say oh man, I wish I hadn't have done that. Have you ever bought a car and you thought this is a really good car and then after you drive it for a while you find out oh this isn't the car I thought it was, and it breaks down. It's a lemon, they call it, or or whatever situation you think you might. You think it's going to be a good idea, and it turns out, well, it's not such a good idea. Now, I know how this works with human beings, because we are limited in our ability to see into the future and what's going on. God is not limited like that, so I don't completely understand what he's talking about, but the thing that I keep in mind is what we often regret the most are the things we do that are morally wrong. We look back over our lives and we see, wow, this this was just, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. I'm embarrassed of myself, shamed of myself. God never has that issue. He's never wrong morally. But sometimes he allows things to happen and they don't go the right way. And I I don't know if God is able to, and here's a weird a weird thing if God is able to withhold information from himself just to see how things will play out with human beings I I don't know but sometimes I wonder if that's a possibility and one of the things that gives me uh, a little bit of fuel for that thought is when Jesus says in Matthew Matthew records this in his gospel that Jesus did not know something that the father did do you remember what that is the the last day the day or the time he talked about the last coming the final coming and he said i don't even know when that is now how can jesus who is god being god's son not know that but he said he didn't and so there's something to that it it's a great question because just as people we look and well you said you wouldn't ever have any regret or you wouldn't even repent of anything you did but then here's a passage that says yeah he does I I don't know <laughs> Job. Did God know how that would play out with Job when they started? I, I I think he did, but I don't know that he did. Okay, Bob, and then Steve again.
2: That I'm thinking about is first of all, this is the English translation of the Hebrew text. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what was really said in the Hebrew text, you know, is that a fair translation? I, I, I know it's the best they could do. But are there nuances there like love. You know, when we get in the New Testament, we say love. Well there's five, five, was it five? I think it is, different uh, words the Greeks use for love. And we combine them into one. You know, were there three or four different types of regret in Hebrew? I don't know. But uh, you know, is his was he regret was he regretting his decision? Was he regretting Saul's actions? You know, you know what? What was he truly? Re- he doesn't say exactly what he regretted. You know, and so I mean, we gotta, we got to be careful so we just you know hang on to. Well, it does say in verse
0: thirty-five that he regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. So that that's pretty specific. Billy, oh no, wait a minute, Steve and then Billy. Sorry. I answer, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look at verse twenty-nine as
1: overall. God is not a man that you should regret. It's all the decisions and the plans that God has made come about. And he doesn't regret uh, making a decision because he knows it's the right decision when he made it. And he doesn't regret pulling the kingdom from somebody that he promised to give the kingdom to, but he hadn't mind if they would obey him. <coughs> So he doesn't regret taking Saul's kingship away because he had made a promise to him, but Saul didn't keep up with that. I see it as God regretting that Saul's heart turned hard or turned disobedient. He regretted. He had made a good decision. Saul was humble at first. But God regretted that he had turned away from him, the same that he did uh, after creation. God regretted that Adam and Eve uh, sinned. But, and so that's emphasized in 35, he regretted what Saul had done, but God has no regret because he made the right decision that we as men kind of don't do not what God wished that we would do, and then again I add to that that uh, people think that oh, God didn't regret what He, uh, the blessing to Esau. It says that Esau uh, repented and, and sought the blessings, but there was no place for repentance because God's decision he knew Esau's heart. Uh, Rambling around, basically. <coughs> God always makes the right decision that it's on our side that we
0: regret that we turn aside. Right. Billy and then uh, William.
3: This does go all, all the way back to Genesis 6 about the fall of man. In Genesis 6, 5, the Lord said to Saul that the weakness of man was great on the earth and every, and every intent of his heart was only evil. And it says "And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and that he he was grieved in his heart mm-hmm. so the difference of being regret regretted and sorry and grieving you know or, or totally di- he's actually basically disappointed in mankind but what does he do he still saves mankind <coughs> after he destroys them in blood you know.
4: there's there's a question
0: well i'll let william make a comment first and, and then we'll talk about that question combination
1: billy but uh, I think we we interpret, nowadays we interpret regret with making a, a bad decision or a mistake. Uh, God cannot sin. It wasn't a mistake. But he allows it to happen so we as humans can learn the lesson and, and understand it. But it's not because he made a mistake. He regrets it. He's sad that he... That we have to learn that way sometimes, but I don't think it's it's not in the context of God made a mistake. Right. He had to choose this making Saul king or not. Well, it's it's always the right decision, but we as humans learn the hard way, so he regrets that we have to learn the hard way. He's sad about that. That's the way that I understand it. I
4: regret it. And then the no longer coming
0: it might
4: I think we lose the sight of the fact that God knew when He created Adam and Eve that they were going to sin, fall before He ever created, them, before the foundation of the world. He knew when He cre- uh, put Saul as king. Yeah, the plan, exactly. He knew. When, so there's a reason for everything that's in there, like we have just said. He knew before he made him king that he was going to fail. And he was going to take the kingdom away from him. And uh, so, what is, what is it? Uh, all scriptures fire to God, and it's here for our. There's a reason for that. God has that reason. We don't understand that, but he's got that reason. And. Uh,
0: does, does God know? And this is a question I'm, I'm asking this just to get us thinking about it. I don't know the answer, but everybody in here probably has an idea about what the answer is, one way or the other. Does God already know whether or not you are going to be saved eternally? Does He already know whether I'm going to be saved eternally? If He does, is everything set? Is it just the way it's going to be, and you just live your life because, or do you still have decisions to make for or against God? Bobby? Kind of like if you have a movie that has three different endings, mm-hmm. and then you choose which I have is superimposing my human emotions and my human viewpoint on God, who is not human. We are made in his image, but, but he's got a little bit more uh, ability to see what's going on than I do. I'm, I'm sure that's a huge revelation to you. But what but. you say is true, but when we are trying to draw blood.
4: and And so it helps us to make them understand
3: the mind of
0: God and the mind of doing these things. The mind of the Lord is
3: somewhere. All right, really? Poor knowledge of God, knowing what we don't understand. Yet we see Saul, or Samuel selecting Saul, he was told to select him as a king when he did. Okay, God knew that. But with God's foreknowledge of Saul, he's going to fail because he didn't do what he was told to do. And yet, God again says, David's going to take the kingdom. Well, to, to, for the foreknowledge of God to save mankind, with all that's going on, David has to be king because Christ is coming from the lineage of King of David. That's the only way we can get to him. So eventually, God's plan wanted Saul to succeed, but human being of Saul that he was didn't do what he should do.
0: Right,
3: you know, can we can we receive eternal life and a reward of this life if we don't remain faithful after death till death? No, God gives us an opportunity; it's our hope. But He says, "Be thou faithful unto death, and you will receive the crown of life."
0: I see, my issue as a human being, though, is I, I look at this and I think, did God not see that coming, or or was there even anybody available that He could have put in the position who would have done? better? better than Saul? That's another question. It's this, this is an interesting thing to try to work out because I, I don't know that we can come to a solid conclusion on this. It, what is it we say these days? It is what it is. But I think the point William made is the one I I stick with throughout this whole thing. God doesn't make mistakes and he doesn't do anything that's morally wrong. Everything he does at the time he does it is the most right thing to do that could be done. There's nothing more right that God could have done than what he did. But at this point, and, and this is also, I'm trying to think through this like God would think, but I still have to superimpose my, my humanity on it because I think what if, what if Saul really was a good king at first? And by the way, wasn't he a good king at first? Didn't he do a lot of things that God intended for him to do? Didn't he war against the Philistines and succeed in those? Didn't he rally the nation? But that, so there are those good things. But eventually it came to the point where God said this. Was there, there was Bob and then Steve.
2: God is eternal and is in eternity. Which we have no real understanding of or concept of. We we, we talk about it and and we can read people's other people's speculations about it, but we don't know. I mean the closest thing we've got is Jesus who came to us and tried to explain what it was like and couldn't. So, or or I should say was not successful. And that even sounds terrible. That's just our limitations because we can't imagine not being on a finite earth with time and a beginning and an end. And yet he tells us that he is, you know, hes I am. I am the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses. And that they are still alive at this time. And so it's, we, 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 are, we are in a place where we have the Bible that is written to explain these things to us, but he is operating in a place that we have no concept of. And, and I think that's where a lot of our struggle is, is that he's got a plan, and we know, a, I imagine, a small portion of that plan. You know, and, and we know the, you know, we know the end. We don't even know the beginning. We know the beginning of us, but we don't know the beginning of him. And so, all this stuff is planned in His plan, but we don't know the reason
0: for all this stuff. There's, a, there's a reason why. At the end of Job, you remember what God does with Job at the end of that, that book, that account. <clears throat> well, he, he double-blesses him, but before he gets to the, the blessing part, he has a bunch of questions. Uh, Job. About the, like the, the questions. Right. <laughs> right. Chapter 38, God starts with Job. And uh, said, Gird up your loins like a man, and I'll ask you, and you instruct me. He's, he's talking to Job, speaking to him out of the whirlwind. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who set it's measurements since you know? Or who stretched the line? It's like, well, this, this is... You know, Job's been faithful through this whole mess, but not exactly the, the way he, he should have been. And God's coming down to set him straight in, in the amount that he should have been. And he has these questions. And if I'm not mistaken, there are 72 such questions And what's the whole point of all of these questions with God asking Job? You don't know. I'm God. You're not. So keep your mouth closed. When I say I regret something, I know what I mean. You may not understand it. When I say I repent, when I have previously said I don't repent, I know what I mean by repent. It's just like when we're talking to our kids. And they, but you said, I know what I said, shut up and go clean your room or, or whatever it is because you're the mom, you're the dad and you know what you said, you know what you meant and they should have understand that. They, they have enough understanding because we're not talking about mistakes. God doesn't make mistakes. We're not talking about doing anything wrong. We got to keep all of that in the context. Now let me say something about our class. I, I hope I hope you're not getting frustrated because we're not moving through First Samuel as quickly as we might want to. Have we been talking about some pretty good stuff in here? And none of it is in the outline. It's just coming up. It's oozing out of us. We've got questions about what's going on. And I don't know about you, but I'm loving it. I think this is fantastic. This kind of a question that makes our our minds spin a little bit. It's like, okay, that, yeah, I, I never thought about what that guy said. That's true. But what about this over here? This is this is what we do to learn stuff. We ask these questions and we play around with it. This is uh, oddly enough, this is the scientific method. This is what you do. You you pull the information out and you examine it. You look at it. You you keep probing and asking because you know at this point we don't have a conclusion that we're comfortable with and you know as well as I knew there may not be a conclusion we can come to you get as far as you go it's like when that uh, the story is about the GPS what took me out to a dead-end road yeah well sometimes that's what we're on we're we're only going to get so far and we won't go beyond that but in the process of getting that far we're going to learn some things we're going to consider some things. Frank?
4: It's always bothered me. All right. If God had knew Saul was going to be a bad king in after a while, after the good part of it, would he have known him to start with? Would he, not, would he not have looked for somebody else if he didn't do that? Right. That's the question. That bothers me. Well,
0: I, I, I think of it like this because, because I, with me, my mind wants to say it's either or. He's God knows everything, and he's God, or he doesn't know everything, so he's not God. But what he is God, but he doesn't allow himself to know everything. What if he just, I'm, I'm going to see how this guy plays, I'm going to see how Saul does. I'm going to give Saul everything I can give him to make him successful, and then see what he does with that. Maybe, I don't know. That's, there's a lot of questions here. And because I've got the same question. Why would God make him king so that knowing he's going to fail and then later on say, I, I regret making him king? I, I don't know. There's a bunch of hands. Whew, boy. I, I don't, I'm not going to get them all in order, but I see Becky, so we'll let the lady go first. I, I think it kind of
3: goes back to what William was saying. We're trying to put a human uh, definition, emotion, characteristics to a spiritual thought. I think our God is all powerful, all knowing, and similar to us parents, we can't allow our children to make their own decisions, to make their own path, having taught them correctly, and be uh, disappointed and regret the decisions that they choose to make themselves similar to us. We can, we can make what choice we want and still know the outcome as a parent
1: Do it because that's their
0: path. Uh, I think it's very similar to God. I mean, God knows everything, so He knows what decisions i going to make. He might regret the decisions that I make. the actions that I take. He's uh, not going to, in his supernatural or uh, miraculous way, push me back to so, what if? Sure. What if the decision God made to, to make Saul king was going to turn out to be a, a tough situation in Saul's day but God is saying 3,000 years later people are going to be needing to read about somebody who put the will of the people above obedience to me what if, what if that's into play in this, what if he sees there's a much larger picture Marty than what you're able to see just reading it off the page, there's a lot more to think about that I am God or as God and thinking about and, and letting play out here but these are things I'm going to have to let happen that I don't really want to let happen. It's, it's like, you've heard of the story about the guy who worked on the bridge that raised and lowered and raised and lowered and all these big gears in there. And one day he had to take his son to work for some reason because his mom was sick. And the kid gets in the gears and he sees that if he, he either closes the bridge and kills his son or he leaves it up and people die and he has to make a decision. I don't know if that's kind of the way things are here, but but there's a situation that uh, I, I'm, I, I don't know, Frank. <laughs> I don't know about the answer to your question. Who else had a hand? Bruce? Earlier in this book,
4: you know, who was their leader before Saul? God was. He, he was coach, supposed to be. And what did, what did, when they wanted a king to be like other nations, what did he say to Samuel? Why do they need a king?
0: Right. They have rejected you, Samuel. They rejected me. Yeah,
4: exactly. So, uh, who's to say this is just not an object lesson or something? Right. I, you know, I don't. I'm like you. Uh, we think somebody said a while ago said we think this, and our little minds got to get going, but we can't even fathom how much knowledge God has and who He is and how, you know his, what His thought process is. I mean, we're just sitting here speculating and it's uh,
0: Well, I, I'm not wanting to embarrass anybody but I just, how many of you have had a class in calculus? Okay. okay. How many of you who have had that class understand everything about calculus? <laughs> okay. We don't even understand everything about God. those smart people whose hands were raised who've been in the
5: class—nuclear physics. How far can we go in that?
0: What about surgery?
5: You know how a guy cuts somebody open and keeps them from dying while he's got them open, and then
0: goes in there and sews them together a little arteries Reason? That's—it's like magic. It's not magic. It's—it's—you you have, have to learn, learn how to do those things. kinds of things. Knowledge. It's is knowledge, it's capability, and not everybody has the same. And you're, We wonder about people who have more talent than we do. I don't know how people take a bunch of uh, oil paints and make something absolutely beautiful. My idea is I'm going to put my hand in that and stick it up there, and that's, that's going to be my art because that's about as far as I can go with that. We look at other people and we think, wow, they are so gifted and so capable. I could never do that. Well, we're just comparing ourselves with each other. Compare yourself with God who speaks and the universe comes into being. Whoa. So I'm, I'm wrestling with this idea of regret, but God's not. <laughs> he knows exactly what he meant. And, and maybe, maybe there's something about this that shows us you're going to do the best you can do. And even when you do the best you can do, you're going to look back and go, "Wow, I wish I'd done that differently." Uh, not because there's anything inherently immoral about it, but just because, "Wow, just look how things turned out." Jamie. So, one
1: thing that I always think when I like get into the oh, philosophical why and what happens when speaking of maybe.
0: at that and we couldn't do that today how did they do that did did god separate himself from jesus when jesus was on the cross now before you answer (laughs) what did jesus quote while he was on the cross he quoted the 22nd psalm my god my god why have you forsaken me you go back and you read the 22nd psalm in its context you find out god never did forsake david but did he forsake christ on the cross Some quote the passage that says God cannot look upon sin. Well, he looks on mine every day. He sees yours every day. I I don't know what that means when Jesus made that statement on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In my mind, I'm I'm satisfied to think that's exactly how he felt, that he was totally alone. And maybe he absolutely was. Because what does it mean for Jesus to bear our sins on the cross? I don't have a clue. but Was there a, a time God in eternity forsaking Christ for a time? See, I, the, I'm, I'm asking the question because I know none of us here can answer that. At least I haven't heard a satisfactory answer yet. But but here's here's I'm sorry. Go ahead.
4: On the movie, you know, you repent, yeah, you can change the ending, and then you comment 3,000 years later, is this, as a to school us and what we need to think about, it. we can change the ending, you know, and just, just the money, and I wonder, if I'm worried about
1: the better man, I'll show you a better man, was he a better man, or did you just want to change the ending, and, and that was what, what does Scott mean a better man?
0: man which he did why did he make that better man king first because because he was young yeah how long was Saul king was there nobody else besides David do we we read all this stuff and we we try to think why didn't he do it that I remember as a young man uh, watching a guy work on a car and this is back when cars had this thing called a carburetor don't see those anymore, but but he was doing something. And as a young man, inexperienced, not knowing what I was looking at, I thought, "Well, that's a dump. Why is he doing that? That's really stupid." And then, pff, this car started running right. Oh, well, he's a wizard. No, I was just stupid, ignorant, didn't know, thinking I knew, but I didn't know. And somebody who did know showed me. I remember that thinking, "Wow, okay." Don't go through life thinking you know the way things are all the time. Because unless God tells you, you don't. And sometimes when he does, you don't hear it right. Bob?
2: Well? When, when he sent Samuel to anoint Saul, Saul was head and shoulders taller than anyone else. There was not another man in Israel like him. That's what scripture says. Which is exactly what every other nation did was they found the most impressive king they could find to lead them which is exactly what the israelites wanted when he sent uh, samuel to anoint david you know his 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 oldest brother came in and samuel said surely this is the guy and god said no no don't, don't look with your eyes look with mine the second one nope and they finally get down to David it's a man after my own heart was he was even in the house, house. He it it had to send out after him I think God was showing the you know the, the, the Israelites that you know you don't understand here's what you wanted exactly what you wanted and it's not going to work out now I'm going to show you what you need and it almost kind of sort of worked out but only for one generation.
0: And and so, God shoots David in there as king and everything straightens out. What happened when, and by the way, we haven't read it yet. We haven't come to it. But what did Samuel say to God when God said, I want you to go anoint David? What was Samuel's fear? When Saul finds out, he'll kill me. And and we, we haven't gotten to all this yet. And then David is anointed. And he kills Goliath, he plays the lyre to calm Saul's fears. What's what's Saul's intention towards David in the latter years of his reign as king? He's gonna kill this boy. He makes indirect attempts at killing him, he makes direct attempts with spears, javelins, and and it's like, God, why don't you just wipe out Saul and put David in as king? Isn't that what you need? But he doesn't. He lets this whole sorted thing play out. And David is off in the wilderness fleeing from Saul the whole time. Uh, it, it's just a, a story about are you dedicated to God or are you not? And here's how the bad guys are going to do it, and here's how the good guys are going to do it. And there's lessons to be learned all the way around. John? Room only this morning. See that?
5: Hey, <laughs> anyway, uh, As I'm, I've been thinking about this while you guys have been talking, it's interesting that. God has this perfect plan to save mankind, but He has to make it happen using only imperfect people. And I sometimes wonder if statements like, I'm sorry, or I regret, is more of, I would much rather do this a different way, so we don't have to experience death and pain and loss and sin, but I also love you enough to let you make your eternal decision on your own. I'm sorry it has to be this way, but it... But I love you to let you make these choices. And it's almost like, I wish there was a different way, but this is what I have to use to work with, and this is how I'm going to make it happen. And I, I just find that interesting that God has to use an imperfect uh, world, and imperfect people to make a great, perfect plan come together. And I think maybe that's it. He's like, this is part of the plan. I just wish we didn't have to experience all these negative, sinful things that I, I never wanted in the first place.
0: Steve, was there was another hand? Bes- okay, Steve.
1: Well, I just it from a little different view on the last few statements, I don't believe God changes his decisions to show people. I believe that God looked on Saul's heart the same he looked on David's heart. He chose the best person at the time because he was humble. All right, having said that, I'm going to throw in something else that at least helps me a little bit. In the story in Esther, when God's people were going to be destroyed, Mordecai told his niece, he said to Esther, You need to go see the king. And uh, she didn't want to. And so Mordecai said, Well, if you don't, you're going to come to harm and God will find another way. God will work it out with someone else. Well, it's the same thing sort of with the kingship of Saul. Uh, God picked the right man, the right heart, and... uh, let it go. But Saul changed his ways in his heart, and God regretted that. He was sorry that Saul did that, but he found another way. He worked it out another way. And that's what he always does. That's right. He
0: always
4: works it out <laughs> another way. <clears throat> Proverbs 3 5 is a verse that I have to go to all the time because it, it applies to me. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean, lean, not, lean not on your own understanding. Because
2: exactly. I'm usually wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a challenge not going too far. Because he, God did give us minds. He gave us brains to think things out. It's like Isaiah said in the first chapter of his word of prophecy come and let us reason together and this is Isaiah recording God's invitation come on let's, let's reason together let's think through this let's work this out logically that's what he's inviting us to do with regard to sin and so it seems like we're supposed to do this with everything else not just be uh, bots, robots waiting for the next direction God will give us He's already given us direction, and he says, you go. You go into all the world. You preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. And, and what did he say? I'm with you, even to the end of the age. So God is with us today. That's what Paul said on Mars Hill. In him we live and move and have our very being. But as as close as we might be to God, we still we got to think through some things and it's pretty challenging thinking through some of these. I'm just glad God didn't say, okay, there's going to be a test on Judgment Day. And you need to know what it means when I said regret. Because I don't, I don't want to take that test. There's a lot of easier questions I won't get right either. But what's the test on Judgment Day? Are you in Christ or not? That's the test. How easy is it to understand how to get to be in Christ? There's hardly anything in the scriptures easier to understand than that. Thank God. So there was a hand in the back. Bruce and, and Don, who who was who had her hand up? That's doing something.
4: When when the Moses went up on the mountain to get the t- the tablets, and when he came back down, they had the golden calf, you know. And he threw the field down and went back up. God was going to destroy Israel at that time. If you remember. And he said, and Moses had to basically look like talk him out of it. So he regret... I regret I brought him out of Israel, I I mean, out of Egypt, out of bondage. I regret this. I'm just going to rain down fire and we're going to, they're not going to be anymore. (laughs) They're going to be gone. So, I mean, he, but there's a reason for all that. We just don't understand. the scripture, Judy? Quoted
0: just now. Uh, that's exactly right. We think with our minds. not even close to what God is. Here's right. question. Is, is it okay to have unresolved questions? <laughs> because you're going to meet people and they're going to tell you, well, I, I, I don't know this about God. Since I don't know that about God, I, I don't believe in Him. Well, did Jesus come in the flesh he came in the flesh plenty of evidence for that did he die for our sin on the cross did he raise the third day after that did all the prophecies in from ancient times come to pass through Jesus Christ these these are all the things that we really need to know was there a hand oh Clem you had a hand everybody's pointing at you saying you had a question We're with predestination. yeah <laughs> God know what decisions we'll make, but, and I'm glad he did. Well, we got to quit class. That's it for class. I'm glad we got so far. Lord bless you.